Hello, everyone. I'm Joey Christopoulos. Welcome to Sports Talk Chicago. I have an exclusive interview here with me today. I'm so excited to have him back. First time on the podcast, second time seeing him in person. He's been an umpire. He's a retired umpire now, but he's been around since 1986 to 2017. He's umpired over a thousand games, three World Series, three All-Stars, and he now has a book that's come out, his own memoir called The Umpire is Out, Calling the Game and Living My True Self. He now works for Apple TV+. Plus. He's the crew guy on there, making sure we get all the calls right. He is Dale Scott. Hello, Dale. I don't know if I can get the calls right, but like I'll try to explain them. Is what I'll try to do. <laughs> you're you're a friend. You're an umpire friend to everyone except Billy Martin, right, Dale? Well, yeah, he you know he threw dirt on me. He he, he got back. You know, it's not, not a bad not a big deal with old Billy. That was so a long I, time ago, Joey. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we're going to get into some of the uh, some of the obvious rule changes in the evolution of the game of baseball this year. I want to get your take on it and see just a little bit of what the future is going to look like, more specifically than the present. But I do want to mention really quick to our audience, um, you are about maybe a year removed or maybe a little bit less than a year removed from your memoir coming out. Uh, the umpire is out calling the game and living your true self. Um, you know, we talked a little bit last time that we talked about writing the book. I want to get a little bit of some experience about what it has been like, you know, going on a book tour, um, the response from fans and just your experience over the last year since the book came out. Well, it's been tremendous, really. Uh, last uh, summer, I went on a book tour. I went to eight uh, MLB Pride Nights uh, all around the country and, uh, you know, did book signings and stuff. Also hit some some bookstores, went up to Toronto and did a bookstore up there. Um, what was just so uh, humbling, really, is the people that I met, uh, how much th this book, uh, with me coming out, how much it af affected them in, a, in such a positive way. I mean, I uh, in San Francisco, there was a, uh, a lesbian couple that she came up and she she was crying. She said, you don't you don't understand how I didn't feel worthy. I, I, I just, you know, I, I didn't feel I could be my my. My full self. I didn't know what my full self was. I and, then, and I was very athletic. I've always been very athletic. And then she, you know, finds the book, sees the book, reads the book. She says, "My goodness, this guy, this guy went all the way to Major League Baseball, worked almost four thousand games in the big leagues, three World Series, and and he was gay. I mean, if he can do that, I can do. I can do what I need to do. And I mean, it just motivated her and gave her confidence." Uh, to kind of get out of that shell that she was in, and, you know, <laughs> Joey, I had no idea um, uh, how powerful uh, something like this could be. I mean, I, I kind of did when I came out in 2014 because of the response that I got from people there. Uh, but, but, you know, meeting these people, another gentleman in, uh, in Toronto was kind of the same thing. Very good athlete, high school, played a little in college, but he said, I never felt like I fit in because I had this secret. I had this burden that I felt like that I wasn't worthy, that I, that I didn't belong. And he goes, your book changed everything. It just, it told me that, you know what, I can be whoever I need to, whoever I want to be, you know, just be myself and, and be my, and again, be my true self is, is, is really what it's all about. So it, it was, it was just an unbelievable experience. I met a lot of people, had a lot of fun. It's nice going to a ballpark and they don't yell at you. Basically um, you just sit and watch the game, you know, have a, have a beer. And uh, I, I understand why uh, people uh, love baby. Oh, and by the way, Joey, I did see when I was in the stadium, uh, you know, sitting behind the plate or something, you definitely can see that steel play. You absolutely can see that steel oh, really? play from, from the stands. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to ask you too, um, you know, just real quick on, on the fun side of things, you know, doing the book tour, has anyone come up to you and been like, 
did a recall on you where they're like, hey, you know, you blew the call July 7th uh, Padres versus versus, uh, you know, what I mean? Padres versus Giants seventh inning. I remember that call. Did you get anything like so specific that even kind of took you aback? Yeah, you know, that uh, July 1992 game, that 2-2 pitch in Cleveland. Where was that? Um, <laughs> you know, I I, I didn't, um, you know, I had, I. it's funny, I had some people say that, you know, uh, they read the book and one of the stories in the book would, you know, like, I was at that game. I was there, you know, right, I was, yeah. you know, I, I or I saw that on TV or, or whatever uh, the case may be. But I haven't had uh, anybody come up, uh, uh, you know, ready to knock me on my rear. I you know, for something that I did, you cost uh, me 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny as uh, sometimes I don't get recognized that much, but every once in a while in an airport or somewhere and they'll say, Hey, are you Dale Scott? And I always say, maybe, <laughs> you know, depends on why you want to know. <laughs> because, uh, uh, you never know if you cost somebody some money or what they think they cost them a game or something. So that's uh, always interesting, but uh, yeah, it, it was just an amazing tour and it was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to Tampa this year um, in June. I'll be at their uh, Pride Night on on the six, on tenth uh, or sixteenth, whatever. <laughs> Sometime in June. <laughs> yeah, Pride Month right around the corner. Yeah. And uh, and we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, you know obviously the drastic changes that baseball has made. But I did want to ask you one quick uh, final thought. And you know we did cover this a little bit. You know I came out to the Palm Springs Umpire Training Course, got a chance to interview you, you there. The great work that you do with the umpires there. And I kind of asked you that during that time, but if you can just provide a little more context. And honestly, your story is so impactful for this audience watching this episode right now. Can you just kind of go back a little bit and, and talk a little about, you know, when you mentioned, um, you know, the burden that some people fear, the fear that some people have uh, when, when it comes to um, being open and living their true selves, especially when it comes to identity and sexuality. Um, can you go back to that time in 2014 and just kind of bring our audience into a little bit of, you know, what went into the decision making, you know, what you were feeling emotionally at that time and then moving forward, you know, some of that emotions going into the process of you writing the book with Rob Nyer. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I went full circle. I mean, when I went to umpire school, when I got in the big leagues, I was living a double life. I was uh, uh, actively trying to make sure they didn't know uh, about my sexuality, even though back home in Portland, uh, you know, I was with Mike since 1986. And that, you know, I, I wasn't uh, closeted in Portland, um, but I was in my baseball life. And and in a way, it was easy to do kind of because baseball wasn't in Portland. I was on the road and, and you know, I didn't work in a in a city that I lived in. But um, as, you know, things progressed and everything, I mean, Mike and I officially got married in 2014, or excuse me, uh, 2013. Um, and I, you know, they basically an article had come out in Referee Magazine and, 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 you know, talk about all my whole life. And the person that's been in my life since uh, uh, 1986 uh, wasn't even mentioned. I just thought, you know, it, it's time for me. There's so many people because of the marriage equality thing that was going on that had worked so hard uh, to, to make this happen, to make it, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, I sat back and I'm, I'm, I'm getting the fruits of that basically. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just tired of doing this. Uh, it's time for me to uh, step up and also, uh, you know, just come out. Now, granted, I'd been in the league 20 some years. I, you know, I, I had been very established. Uh, it, it's a lot easier to do it then when people, you know, than if I had done it, done it 
uh, when I first got in the big leagues or something, but, but, but still it was very impactful. Uh, and you know, you're a little nervous. Uh, you don't know what the reaction is going to be. I mean, the staff knew the other umpires knew major league baseball, the people I worked for knew the teams didn't, the, you know, the media didn't, of course the fans didn't. Um, so it was a little nerve wracking to see how, what kind of a reaction I, I would get from that. But when that 2015 I came out in December, when that 2015, uh, season started, uh, it was uh, nothing but, well, basically it was, you know, just business as usual, but just a, a few players and a coach and a, a trainer and you know, a couple of people, you know, congratulated me and that kind of stuff, but I didn't get any negative stuff from the fans. Uh, all the uh, correspondence I got, uh, emails and stuff were extremely positive. And so it was really a, you know, a very good event for me. I know that doesn't happen all the time when people come out, but, uh, but it did lift a burden off my shoulders that I'd had for so long. That first game, that first spring training game in 2015 in Arizona, as I'm walking on the field, I had this uh, feeling of just uh, uh, I'd been set free. Uh, uh, I didn't really anticipate it, but it was the first time that I walked on the field that I had no shield. Um, I was out. And, you know, if somebody in the stands saw my number five, oh, who's that umpire? And they Googled me, boom, that's the game. <laughs> you know, it's right there. And it, it just it was it was, uh, I felt like I had I'd broken free, I, that it was really truly my, my true self uh, from that point forward when I was on the field. And the book is called uh, The Umpire is Out, Calling the Game and Living Your True Self. Um, and, and it's got a little bit of everything to Dale, which is what I love about it. Obviously, if you're a lover of the game of baseball, I mean, it's got some incredible stories uh, between the white lines and outside the white lines. And, and, and as you mentioned, games of people will immediately go, oh, yeah. I remember that. That's incredible. Oh, he called that game. He did that. Well, also right. stories that really talk about, you know, an individual um, going through something and then the impact that can obviously come from it, you know, by living your true self. So, Dale, I, I do want to transition a little bit over to, uh, you know, the modern name game, uh, game of baseball. Uh, when we talked last, um, things have changed <laughs> a little bit in the game of baseball, and I want yeah. to get your take on them. So, um, you know, maybe instead of just going in order, you know, we could talk about the bigger bases, the pitch clock the throws over to first. Um, which one right now do you, would you say has had the most drastic impact on the game? And what is your take on it so far? Well, my take, first of all, overall, has been outstanding. Um, yes. These uh, these rules were vetted in the minor leagues and they're doing exactly what they did in the minor leagues. They have quickened the pace of the game less dead time. Now, you know, everybody says, oh, the games are shorter. Well, yeah, but that, that that's a byproduct of what the rules are doing. And, and, and what really MLB was trying to do is get the pace up. And by virtue of doing that, you're going to have quicker games. But um, there was, you know, a lot of dead time uh, in, in games and um, old school, you know, uh, uh, people that are pure baseball fans and understand the chess match and all that stuff that doesn't necessarily bother them that that, that pace or that, you know, game times. But there's a lot of people that it just was boring to them, basically, or there wasn't enough action. And of course, part of that, too, was the shift in the analytics where we had a, basically the last few years, it seemed like it was strikeouts and home runs and, uh, you know, a lot of ground ball outs uh, with these uh, uh, pull hitters or whatever. And, and Dale, if I can just really quickly, I mean, you, you've been you've been in the majors, you've been umpiring for multiple decades. You started in 1986. In your opinion, when you talk about the chess game, the preponderance in between pitches had kind of gotten a little out of control, correct? I mean, the game had changed from pitch to pitch. Would you oh, say in that? Yeah. Oh, there's, oh, there's no doubt. I, I, 
you know, uh, I, but you know, you asked me what rule I thought had the most uh, impact or whatever. They all have had their own impact, but I think the disengagement rule for the pitcher is a huge change. Um, it is uh, that with the that and the larger bases have stimulated uh, stolen base attempts, which have gone way up. That's action. That's something happening. Um, but you know, pitchers can't just step off or you know, make a lazy throw to first because they're just a little bit uh, gassed and you know they want to get a, uh, you or know, trying uh, to get the bullpen, trying to get a guy in the bullpen. Right, going. right exactly. Know? And, and, it, you know, I think people have asked me, uh, what was that? That pitch clock is the, the biggest thing that's happened. I said, well, I don't think so. I think it's the disengagement. I think that's, what's going to be uh, really affecting. I mean, they all affect it, but it really is going to affect the game a lot. And because you just don't have that luxury anymore. And, and um, uh, you know, like I said, stolen base attempts are up. Um, you know, it, stay, it changes the strategy and everything. Now, now the pitcher's not always in, uh, you know, uh, it's not always the hitter or the offense's uh, advantage. I mean, the pitcher can also, when, when the hitter's ready at eight seconds, he can freeze that guy. You know, I mean, he can freeze that guy for seven seconds before he starts his delivery. That's a long time when you're standing the bat because the, the hitter can't call time. I mean, he can call it once, but, that, you know, that's it. Um, so that, you know, there's a cat and mouse game still going on there. The chess game has just changed a little bit. Uh, it's been tweaked here and tweaked there. Um, the shift rule has done what it's uh, supposed to do. It's, 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 it's put base runners on. It's more action than, you know, instead of just ground outs to, you know, shallow right. Um, but it's also, you get to see the athleticism of some of these infielders because now without the shift that, you know, you have shortstops and second baseman, they're going to their right or left, uh, you know, uh, making great plays that uh, uh, when you have the shift, it seems like, uh, you know, they just ground ball right to a guy or something. And so, I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, are positives that, that even the, the diehards maybe uh, are reluctant to uh, agree to, but, but, you know, I mean, it has it changed the game. It has, but I think it's changed it for the better for sure. Well, and I grew up in the 90s, right, with Roberto Alomar and Ryan Sandberg and two different defensive players, right? But those were guys in the second base position actually meant something on that side of the field, and that part is back. Um, I did want to ask you, you know, so we talk a lot about, about the playing style. What have been some of the challenges for the umpiring crews through this particular change in this process? I mean, you know, obviously they've been trained, they've been prepared um, they're always going to show up ready to go, but I have noticed a couple of things, you know, what is your take on, um, the control between the umpire and the clock in between batters? Well, um, you know, it, yeah, well, I just want to get your take on that. Cause it seems like that seems to be something that ballparks and umpires are still trying to negotiate a little bit. Well, it's funny. I just, this past weekend I was in Boston and I had dinner with Jeff Nelson, his crew, and, and, and we were talking about that. And I, you know, I said, Jeff, you've had all spring training now. You've had a month into the season now. Is it getting more routine to you? Because it's a you know, big switch for everybody, including the umpires. And he said, it is. It's still not routine, but it's getting easier because I'm, I'm, I'm the repetition. I, I know what, you know, the flow of it. I know what to look at. I know what, you know, what I'm. Uh, what I'm doing as, as you do it every day, basically. Um, but, you know, talking to other umpires beforehand, like in spring training, they say, you know, you are so engaged now, you know, it, it used to be Joey, uh, mm. uh, a guy flies out, the next guy's coming up. That gave me a few seconds to blank out basically, you know, unless you maybe had runners on, you have to make sure. But what I'm saying is you had kind of a little respite just here and there. You don't have that anymore. You got to make sure the clock is started. You have to make sure the guy's coming up. You gotta, I mean, there's, there's all these things going on. Now they have the clocks everywhere. Uh, you, you have your four umpires. They're also 
uh, with their packs, uh, communication packs there. They can talk to each other on the field. They can talk to replay. They can talk to the uh, uh, FTC, which is the field time um, uh, guy. I, I forget what they call him, but, um, but yeah, I'm still learning the terms. I, I mean, yeah. uh, when I when 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 I took this gig to do the uh, rules analyst, I got uh, like uh, you know folders full of stuff because. Uh, there's all these changes that I wasn't a part of, but the umpires have a lot more to do, um, not just when the pitch is thrown, the ball is hit, but in between all that stuff, they got to make sure everything is, is going right. You know, and, and, you know, you have um, um, certain situations, you, you have the, the, the clock cut, uh, coming down and all of a sudden the catcher with runners on the catcher wants to give signals, you know, runners are first and third, which you can do legally um you know you know at certain times now now at a certain time he can't do it unless he unless he takes a, a timeout which is a disengagement which is a whole nother uh you know you don't have a lot of those you have one per hitter um so so there's you know there's just a lot of things the umpires have to be aware of and there's not uh there's not a lot of time where you can uh after that fly out and the guy's running back to the dugout and the guy's coming up that you can kind of just blank out because you gotta you gotta you gotta see that the clock's on on time you got to see that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing it will become routine it has started to become routine for the guys because they're doing it every day and they have for the last couple of months and you know same with the hitters and, and and pitchers i mean you know joey it's funny i'll look through the box scores for all the games played you get a pitch clock you know a violation either on a hitter or a pitcher here or there i mean it's not like every game has two or three of them or something you know they're adapting to this pretty well i think yeah. now you have them once in a while and of course they get blown up if they're in a three two situation or something like that but they know the rule i mean they may not like the rule but they know the rule and and, and they're adhering to the rule for the most part so um again i get i'm just uh, i i i haven't talked to mlb but i'm pretty sure they're pretty thrilled about what's you know, been going on. And the reaction, frankly, from what I understand has been really positive uh, from the fans. I know uh, what they were trying to do, I think has been very successful in, in getting that done. It's getting the pace up, getting more action, having things happening. Uh, and then conversely, or just because of that, your game times are, are unbelievable. Um, as a fan, I am, I'm thrilled, Dale. I mean, honestly, and it's starting to it's not that baseball is meant to resemble all the other sports, but it is starting to kind of have a little bit of that rhythm that I kind of come to expect from my other sporting events where you kind of want to get in that fourth, fifth, sixth inning in about an hour and a half. And then that last third of the game, which is supposed to be the most exciting and compelling part of any baseball game is kind of taking a little bit long because you're having bullpen changes, pinch hitting, stuff like that. So it's kind of starting to have that flow a little bit of like, we're kind of we're getting to the point. We're getting through some of the game, and then we're finishing it off with the last couple of innings. Um, my my next question for you as a former umpire: Do you feel like at this time that the umpires are being given enough leeway and enough control? And do you feel like that they're still kind of battling the clock a little bit? Just for example, you know, look, I didn't play the game at a high level, but I remember as a catcher when I would take a when I would take a bouncer off my arm or off my wrists or off, you know, off the face, uh, a foul tip off the face mask, that umpire would sometimes come around and maybe give a quick dust to the plate, right? Or just kind of right. give a moment for someone to collect themselves in that particular moment. I can think of other situations where I've seen, you know, can a batter get away with a disengagement with one second to maybe go on a pitch clock, before, you know, that, that type of thing. Do you feel like the umpire still has control of those certain those certain aspects, those little details of the game that I don't think the ordinary fan sees, but really the umpire is there to control, manage, and, and help uh, create a fair environment for both sides. 
Yeah, and that that plate umpire has so much uh, more to you know orchestrate this this concerto, so to speak. Um, and you're absolutely right. Uh, catcher takes one. Uh, you know, I, I saw it the other day. I was doing one of the one of the Apple games, and uh, uh, took one. The, the plate umpire, you know, moved around. He did the thing. They brushed the plate, just like you said. Are you okay? Everything good? Okay. And then started the clock again. You know, and, and yeah. it gave him that time. I I, I saw. Um, you know, now there was a situation where a hitter. Um, didn't necessarily, or he, he, he fouled one off. Here's the thing. Now, of course, I haven't been in the meetings that MLB's talked to the umpire. So I'm not, I don't know exactly what they told them and how they want this done, but just by watching games and, and, and the stuff I read and, and then talking to the guys um, on some of this stuff, you know, a, a catcher takes one off his foot or his leg or something. Okay. You're going to get some time, but you need to ask for it. You can't just assume it's going to happen. Now, now, obviously if it's a bad one, I mean, the guy goes down and you know, I mean, that's obvious, but uh, there was a situation, I think in Oakland uh, last week where uh, he took one off and he, he just, he, he kind of uh, got out of the box. He didn't say anything to, uh, to the umpire. It wasn't a ma- it, it didn't look like a major, like, you know, guy, uh, you know, hurt himself real bad. You got to you got to let the umpire know that's part of the responsibility of this, because quite frankly, and I and I'm, you know, again, I haven't I wasn't in the meetings, but, you know, you don't want guys because they want to take a little time just to say that they got hit or they, you know, that or that, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, same with a pitcher. I mean, we're not doctors. We're not trainers. You're you're going to err on the side of a guy says he's hurt. He's hurt. Um, But you got to tell us Uh, you can't just assume that we're going to know this uh, unless it's obvious. Um, because you're going to get that time, but this time, this thing in Oakland, uh, he didn't say anything. He just, it, I don't think he really necessarily liked the pitch before. <laughs> so there yeah. was, there was that kind of, uh, stuff going on. And so, and so he got, he got hit with a, with a violation and it was an ejection and the whole, whole uh, thing that I think could have been completely avoided if there had just been a little communication. So again, this is stuff that the players are learning and understanding the umpires are, are trying to, you know, to figure all this stuff out. But your question was, uh, you know, do they have some leeway? Yes, they do. There's there it's, it's written in there. Um, you know, they're still orchestrating the game. They're still, you know, uh, uh, running the game. And, and now you've got the clock and all these other things to think of and you're, and, and you, and that's on your mind and you don't want to, uh, you know, that's there for a reason and it's working, but, but they do have, uh, you know, chances. And, and the other thing is, is, uh, these FTC, the, uh, uh, field timer, uh, timing, uh, coordinators, FTC, um, they, um, can communicate with them. For example, they have to be awake. I mean, they have to be on top of their game up uh, uh, doing this because that clock is changing and starting and doing this all the time. You got to be watching the umpires if they, if they, you know, call off the clock for whatever reason and then start it up again. I mean, all that stuff is, is coordinated and they can talk to them and say, Hey, listen, you're, you're starting the clock too late or you're uh, you know, you, you, you know, whatever it might be just so yeah. they can, uh, being communication. So it, it's changed so much since I was on the field in 2017. It's, it's insane. Uh, but I, again, they're still figuring stuff out. Everyone is, but uh, all that, you know, spring training, another month in, uh, of April, we're getting real close. I, I honestly think as we get through this season, as we get into September and the big games and then the playoffs, um, you may have controversy because uh, there's a violation and people are saying, oh, my God, you can't have a violation in this game. Well, yeah, you can. You've been playing 160 games doing that. You're not going to change it now. But I, I just don't think it's going. It, it's like the 24 second clock. You know, I don't think. uh after a while, I mean, when it, you know, when they change that or they change certain things in, in, in certain sports, people go, oh, my God, it's going to, you know, it's ruined this and this. And pretty soon you, it's it's a fabric of the game. You don't even, you know, it's just part of the game and everybody knows it. So I'm pretty confident that's what's going to happen. 
Yeah, and I ask this because, uh, you know, it's kind of leading me into what I want to ask you, something philosophical that I saw. I went to the Dodgers-Cubs game uh, several weeks ago, and it just so happened to be Cody Bellinger's return to Dodger Stadium. Um, he had won an MVP there. He had won a World Series there. Uh, he was called for a pitch clock violation because uh, he was stepping out of the box because he thought he was going to get an applause. And I just kind of want to get your take on that, right? Because maybe an umpire says, I treat every player the same. But we are going to probably incur that towards the end of the end of July and early August when big names and big players are either saying goodbye to their teams or saying hello to their new franchises for the first time. You know, just kind of what's your take on that or maybe what was your philosophy uh, when you were behind the plate during those types of situations? And and can an umpire maybe say, hey, hold off a second, FTC. You know, this guy does mean something to this fan base. Let's give him those extra seconds to get uh, maybe that applause that he deserves. Well, the FTC is going to do what he's supposed to do. It's the umpire that will think, okay, I'm going to you know, shut yeah. this down and let let this happen because it's a unique situation. I, I got to say, though, Joey, um, you know, at least I know in my personal experience, you know, it would be it would be good to get heads up because sometimes I'm not thinking that. All right. Because I don't sure. think like a fan, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, uh, and 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 it may be I mean, some there's some that are obvious, uh, you know, uh, that are icons and Sir Lassett game or whatever. Yeah, Cody, Be- Cody Bellinger's kind of in the middle, though, right? Where it's this isn't Derek Jeter coming back to play for the Yankees, <laughs> but at the same time, it's not exactly like uh, the fourth catcher, right? Yeah, I right, right. And, 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 and you know, I, I think it was kind of unfortunate that happened. I mean, maybe a little discretion could have been, you know, been used there a little bit. Um, but again, everyone's getting, you know, new. This is all kind of we're doing this thing. But um, it would be nice to maybe just get a heads up. Hey, listen, uh, this is going to be so and so's return. He hasn't, you know, he was a, or whatever. I mean, a lot of times, you know that, but sometimes you may not. Uh, you may, you know, and, and I just, you know, baseball wants all these rules to be, in, uh, you know, implemented and then the gameplay, but they also have traditions. And, and when you have a icon that is returning or one that's leaving or, you know, whatever the situation may be, um, yeah, they've got the, uh, uh, they can do that. The umpires can just you know, take a little extra time and then tell the FTC, you know, to start her up a little bit later or whatever uh, to make that happen. Yeah, and to be fair, we're we're 30-ish games in, right? I think all this stuff, we're all human beings. We're all going to sort of figure this out um, as we move along. And so I wanted to ask you, now you are a part of the crew uh, for Apple TV Plus for Friday Night Baseball. Um, Congratulations. That's got to be a huge honor and a lot of fun. Um, Talk a little bit about that experience and also, um, you know, how are you ingesting the concept of, hey, you're live. Uh, Are you going to criticize one of your former brethren or not? Do you agree or disagree? And, And how are you managing that? Well, you know, uh, Apple TV uh, uh, Plus has uh, two games on Friday night, uh, and they're they're produced by MLB Network. And then MLB Network also has one game a week they call their showcase game, which is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. It can be on any of those days, but there's one a week. And so those three games have uh, umpire rules analysts. I'm one of them. Brian Gorman is one of them, and Ted Barrett. Uh, three uh, retired umpires. We do it right here. You know, I do it right here from my home uh, or in Palm Springs if I happen to be down there. Um, and it's been interesting. I uh, So far, I've done, you know, and we split it all up and that kind of stuff. Uh, so far, I've had five games. Uh, they've only come to me once. That's how good the umpires are. 
and it was uh it was uh, a hit batsman or was it a foul ball type thing uh um, oh, the knob yeah right and and it was called hit batsman they went to replay they they uh, upheld the uh the rule the place stood hit batsman they came to me out, out of commercial they told me they were going to come to me. they didn't just come to me you know and, although i'm ready i mean you're always ready uh, when something's going on, but, uh, and they, you know, but the, what the producer said is, Hey, out of commercial, we're going to set this up. We want you to just talk about how tough of a call that is for an umpire bat hand type thing. You got to remember too. And you hear the announcer saying is you don't have a lot of time to talk. <laughs> they're pitching, they're pitching and they're, you know, the, this uh, pitch clock is, uh, stories have to get uh, concise and, you know, short. Uh, I just, you know, mentioned that's a tough call for the umpires. Cause I, you know, you can hear bat, and still have the hand hit. Um, it doesn't mean it's foul when you hear bat, uh, which is very tough. And of course, the old urban myth that the uh, bat is or the hand is part of the bat, which is not the truth. Um, we learned that in umpire school. Our instructor held a bat in front of him and said, the hand is not part of the bat. As he opens the hand and the bat falls, I guess it's not part of the bat. So, uh <laughs> But uh, so anyway, you know, I did a quick little thing on that. But, um, you know, with all the uh, rules change, uh, rule changes and, and trying to explain those, um, trying to, you know, sometimes, uh, as they told me, you know, we may come to, you, for example, a Fenway Park. Uh, it's a different for the umpires. We rotate differently because of the ground rules, because of the wall and, and that kind of stuff. Um, it's just a different kind of thing for us, just like the players and everything else. Tampa is the same way because you have arena baseball, um, uh, you know, and then uh, uh, also, you know, might, they might come to us just talking about uh, uh, not necessarily um, the call, but what the procedures are. I mean, like, you know, mm. how, how does replay work? What, what do you do? You, you, you know, who are you talking to? What's going on and that kind of stuff. So it's just trying to help uh, the viewer um, uh, look in a little peek behind the curtain of, of the stuff that we do that, uh, you know, no one really takes into account until some, suddenly a, a call goes or, you know, or, or a rule uh, that goes for or against you more, mostly against you. And it's like, what's going on? How is this happening? And we try to explain that and, and hopefully they uh, understand, uh, you know, why whatever happened happened. A couple more here for you, Dale Scott, uh, Apple TV Plus's and retired Major League umpire Dale Scott here on Sports Talk Chicago. Um, yeah, no, and, and that's so funny too as well. I mean, I I just think we're, we're prisoners of the moment, especially in this internet and social media age. I think more than anything else, because uh, I think that the umpire and crews have done an incredible job of expediting the communication and the process on those replays. Because honestly, if we go back, I mean, did you have, re did we have replay in 2017? Dale, did you have yeah. it? 2014. I had it, uh, 14, 15, okay. 16. Wow. And we had, we had boundary calls before that, but then the expanded wow. replay was, uh, I believe 2014 when we really, you know, started I mean, doing plays. I mean, yeah. Am I, am I incorrect that the, the, the process has gotten com way cleaner? I mean, way better. It, you know, it, because it's we got learned. incredible. You've got it right away. The communication happens, call boom, safe out, all that stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been so much better. Well, again, a lot of people don't realize, but when, when that umpire on the field, they're talking to another umpire. Uh, that's right. part of our schedule is, um, you know, you, you, you're working in Boston and then you go to Baltimore and then you have a week in New York working replay. And, uh, uh, so you have umpires on both ends, but we've learned so much, you know, through trial and error and, and, and everything, you know, when, when, when a close play happens, something happens already at the replay center, they're already looking at angles and stuff. They may not even come to us, but we're already starting the process to, if they do. And the other thing we learned uh, as we uh, expanded replay, we have, uh, of course, 
you're taking the pictures off the telecast. It could be a home team, visiting team telecast, could be a national telecast. But in every park, there's like a, a 20 some, uh, I don't know, maybe it's not 20, but there's, there's a, a bunch of uh, stationary cameras that they can tap into. Um, and and we also learned that play at first, that force at first, you know, when does the ball and the glove and that kind of stuff. We we got the angles, uh, we, we worked out and looked at what's the best angle to see that. Now, obviously that can change a little bit with the throw and all that. But, uh, you know, when it first came out, uh, when replay, expanded replay first started out, you didn't necessarily have the same types of angles everywhere. Now you have some stationary cameras, you have the you have the telecast. We have so much input to look at that play. It is amazing, Joey, the replay center in New York. I worked in the old one down in Chelsea. I saw the new one last year on my book tour. I, I stopped by and saw the guy's. In the new one, in the, in their in their new building uh, across from uh, Radio City Music Hall, this thing you feel like you're going to launch the Challenger or something. I mean, it's you know you got you got the the you know monitors and and I mean it is unbelievable when you have all that input of of the telecast and and, the, and stationary camera stuff, all the angles you can get and how high def slow mo you see blades of grass. I mean, it's amazing and and sometimes it it, it, it may be. Um, a little unfair because the viewer may not may only see, you know, X amount of replays. They're not going to see everything that they're seeing in New York. And, and, and they may feel like, what do you mean? You know, he's out. They, they upheld an out. I didn't see an out here. Well, you may not have, but the, uh, the angle that they called that on was from the different telecasts of the other team or, or something, which by the way, they clip and send to the, you know, if the home team broadcast had the clip that, that made the call, they send that clip to the visiting team broadcast so they can show it, you know, in any later or something to yeah. prove that, Hey, you know, we didn't have this, but they did. This is what they, you know, based it on. So um, it, it's gotten so much uh, quicker, uh, so much more streamlined. Um, you know, sometimes it's a little longer because you have spectre interference, you got to award bases or you have a catch, no catch. And, uh, you know, they call it catch. Well, now it's a no catch. Where do we put the runners? You know I mean? That kind of stuff. So uh, that can be, take longer, but you got to get it right. You know, the reason you have replay is to get it right. And I'd rather take a little bit longer and get it right. than early in replay, there were a couple of times where they got a decision out and then a different angle came in and it, and it proved they were wrong. And then, and then that really blew it up. So, so, and again, remember, uh, we used to have arguments. There was a delay. I mean, you know, now those were more fun to watch than an umpire just sitting there and waiting for it. You know? But, 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 but there, there's always been a little bit of a delay if it's, if it's a controversial or, or questionable call. So, you know, it's, 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 it's going to take a little bit longer sometimes, but the streamlining of it has been, has been outstanding. We can still have umpires with uh, with the cans on doing the replay, and we'll just bring Lou Pinello out, and he'll just throw a third base somewhere. We can still do both at the same time, Dale. You can do that, or or as you're trying to listen, he'll just un you know pull the plug, and you can't hear him. You know, just, come on, Lou. I mean, what are, you know? This is this is the new uh, technology argument. Uh, yeah, like and 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 for your for your vibe, uh, we'll bring out three little kids, and they'll do a dirt kicking contest. Yeah, and whoever kicks up the most dirt. All right, Dale. I gotta give you. I gotta give you a tough one here. Um, you know, I, I, I want to think, I want to think that this one is probably more in the focus group stage. Um, I don't know if this movie is going to be made, but they have talked about it a little bit. We have seen it, um, in different forms of baseball, uh, but replay on balls and strikes, uh, where do you land on it right now? And what do you think the future of it is? And, and should umpires begin to prepare for that? 
Well, I, they already are kind of prepared for it as far as they know it's it's coming. I, there's no doubt it's coming. It's just what form is it coming and what um, tweaks, if any, do they need to make to make this system, um, uh, you know, much more reliable or, uh, uh, you know, uh, believable. <laughs> Maybe it's a better um, You know, right now in AAA, they have, uh, I believe, one of the leagues is completely in ABS, the automated uh, ball and strike. Uh, system where the umpire has a uh, earpiece he doesn't call a thing uh, he just waits for the eye in the sky to say ball strike and then he signals it he how however has to be ready every pitch because if there's a a, a glitch on that pitch uh, the the uh, eye in the sky will say it's yours <laughs> you've got to make your call so you got you to be in on it anyways every pitch so regardless right. and, and 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 plus you've got to be in position uh you know uh for hit batsman uh, catcher interference uh you know all kinds of things that can happen during a pitch uh, and, and, and plus if he fouls it off, you can't just be standing there. You gotta be like, like you know, really are, but, um, that's one of the AAA. The other AAA is, 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 uh, doing the challenge system, which is the umpire does what he's been doing all the time. He calls pitches, um, but they can challenge, uh, right now, I believe it's three challenges a game uh, that Oof. could be, that could change, you know, kind of a lot. The only, the only person that could challenge on, on a, on a called strike is a hitter. And on a called ball is a pitcher is a pitcher or catcher. You don't get challenged. From what I understand, you don't get challenges from the manager, coach. Anyways, those are the only people that challenge. Now, most batters I know don't think anything's a strike. So I, I, I they could use they could use that challenge system. We're handing the keys. We're handing the keys to a biased a biased group of people. And, here is what and we're pitchers saying. aren't too much better. So yeah. Um, so three seems low. Uh, and, and again, this is, this could all change, but it's a challenge system. And, and those are the two systems they're, they're working on. Let me also say, if, uh, before people just, uh, completely their head is, heads explode. Oh no, a challenge. So we have to go to replay, uh, pitch challenges in the minor leagues when they've used these, uh, for the last few years are very quick. They're very quick. There's not, there's not the long del- it's, the delay is not that long anyway, but it's not like the delay for you have that you have for a play. It's it's pretty almost instantaneous. It's like a challenge. We got a challenge. Okay, let's try. Okay, boom. You know, I, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Um, so that's the other model. I think personally that the challenge system is the way to go. And the reason I say that is it keeps the umpire, the plate umpire, engaged. Yes, you have to go down for every pitch in case it's foul, so you don't get killed, but also for, like I said, a hit batsman, catcher interference, whatever. But to make a, a plate umpire focus on every pitch, never calling it until all of a sudden you call it. And that that, that could be in the ninth inning with the tying run, three, two, oh, boy, we had a glitch, call it. It's like, oh, geez. You know, I mean, I know the focus that you need to call a, a Major League Baseball game as a plate umpire and to – Apply that focus every single pitch, never knowing if you're ever going to call it or not. Is is it, it, it's almost uh, torture <laughs> for for an umpire to do that. I mean, it, I don't know how uh, to explain. Um, uh, it just seems very unfair to me to to play an umpire. I think to keep him engaged, let him do what he's been doing. Okay, um, our accuracy is pretty darn good. Uh, it's not perfect. Frankly, I'm not sure the ABS system is perfect, but uh... because the ABS, right, aren't they struggling? Am am I making an inaccurate statement when I'm saying that they're struggling with the curveball? The curveball depth is something that they're not 100 percent sure is tracking properly right now. 
Correct. And, 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 you know, if the curveball is not tracking, well, God forbid somebody throws a knuckleball. <laughs> we could, that could, that could blow the system up. Um, yes. There, you know, in theory, oh, the ABS is going to be perfect. And there won't be any controversy. Well, you know what? They said that about replay too. And, and there still is because nothing's perfect. Uh, you have to have the perfect angle. The I mean, catch, no catches. Yeah. One guy says, yeah, it looks good. I, I don't know. Moves. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, sometimes I think we're we're asking. I mean, you want everything perfect. Now the players can screw up a double play. <laughs> that's all part of the game. But 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 if we uh, make a mistake, well, that's not perfect. You know, I, I know maybe my bias is showing here, uh, Joey. Um, but anyway, I I think the challenge system is the best way to go. Now, three challenges seems low to me. Maybe they'll figure that out as as we go. But as far as tracking, um. You know, I've heard um, that the the definition of a strike might change a little bit um, because the ABS system right now, uh, and I, we've talked about this before, umpiring is a, a science and an art, you know, and the science is the, the, the rules and the, the nuts and bolts of the game. But the art is us applying those rules in a major league at the major league level, which is not the college level or, the, or high school level. That's different. Um, I mean, you apply things differently, but uh, um you know, that, that pitch that just nips the front edge of the plate at the knee, but is uh, the ball is moving, it's it's caught a few inches outside and almost on the ground. That's a strike by rule. That is a strike. And, 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 and the ABS, if it's tracking the ball like it should, we'll call that a strike. We don't. And the reason we don't is because it's not accepted as a strike. I mean, you know, nobody expects to get that as a strike. Yeah. A pitcher does because he threw it, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, nobody else. And so, so, you know, that's part of the art of, of umpiring where an ABS system doesn't have the art. It just has the nuts and bolts science of what it's supposed to do. So will, 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 will they tweak the strike zone a little bit to make it more friendly to the ABS? I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's certainly a possibility. Um, but it's coming. I don't know if it'll be next year, although I think it may be, but it, but it may be the year after that, but it's coming. So uh, I think the challenge system to me is, is the best way to go. And I do think that at times, I know that we always want to try and jam as much technology into a sport and innovate as fast as we possibly can. But, you know, on, on a on a macro level, I think just the, the skill of umpiring has come a very, very long way. And, and I do think that, honestly, I think that a lot more credit needs to be given probably to the umpire these days than ever. I mean, I just grew up in the era of careful he's got a big zone today or you know what i mean I, you know i'm right. sorry you know we all look at the clips of the greg maddox uh you know what he would get on the corners both sides of the plate in the 90s and and there were some guys that created their own version or principle of what a strike zone was um back in those days and, and you got an opportunity to work with some of them but i think as, as, it, as this has evolved and moved along i think that everyone's come on board with a uniform strike zone of what they consider to be what is a hittable pitch and, and everyone's graded upon it accordingly. And man, I mean, am I wrong? The grades are very, very high. There are not a lot of missed calls anymore in the game of baseball. And and I and it all obviously it comes down to whether they're consequential or not. But this challenge system, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of dubious of it right now. And three to me is way too much. I mean, all you need is a pissed off hitter after his first at bat to blow through two of them and his next at bat in the sixth inning, you know, and all of a sudden that, you know, and that's whole thing. I mean, maybe one later on in the game when it truly is of a matter of true consequence, which is why well, we put replay in the first place. That's yeah, kind of where know, I'm landing on that. Well, I, I always thought a challenge system would be like, uh, 
you know, each, because the challenge, like I said, they're, they're quick. So it's not a, it's not a huge, like having uh, each team has three up to the seventh inning and then each team in the eighth and ninth, you don't, uh, you don't get, I mean, if you didn't use the three or maybe you use the three or whatever, but then you get a couple more just for those crunch pitches in, in, in the later part of the game or something to that effect. Um, but what you were just saying, you know, when I left in 2017, I don't know the current statistics. I'm not a part of it anymore, but the staff average on pitches was 97.4 or something like that. Um, and pretty good. And it's pretty good. It, I mean, that's, tens of thousands of pitches over the course of a, uh, of a season. Now, granted, if that miss is that three, two pitch in the ninth inning, uh, you know, that, that big pitch in, in a, in a divisional game or whatever, it is magnified by a thousand percent. And, 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 and that right there uh, gets magnified to where these guys are terrible. They're missing pitches all the time when, when you're really not, but it, you don't want to miss one in the crunch time. That's it. If I, if I had missed a pitch in Kansas city in the second inning with nobody on in April, I mean, I, I'm not going to get crucified. Okay. But I, I missed that same pitch in the ninth inning of a playoff game. I'm going to get crucified uh, or a play on the basis we have replay now, but I'm, you know, it, it, it was the same thing. It's situational. Uh, that the same miss in a situation that means nothing. No one bats an eye it means something. It is like, you know, the, the worst umpire that walked the earth. So, you know, that's just, that's an occupational hazard. I mean, that's just, uh, that's just mm -hmm. something that, that, that when we sign up for this thing, we understand that uh, those things can happen. Um, but the other, the other thing is, is that um, you were talking about, uh, you know, we are pretty good. <laughs> we are, we are pretty good. And, and in 2003, the, the ABS, which is not what it is now, but it was called quest tech and stuff. That's how we started to get evaluated. And the whole reason for that was to, because we were way too wide, way too short on the high end, on the, on the top of the zone. Um, I mean, I watched games that I had in the nineties that might be on MLB classic or something. And I go, Oh my God. I mean, I'm calling, pitches. but, 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 but that was what was going on then. And, and you didn't see a lot of hitters go crazy because that was kind of accepted. You're absolutely right. There was a, as long as you're consistent, as long as we know where you're calling them, uh, we may not like it, but we know that's what you're going to do. And we're going to adjust and that kind of stuff and baseball, you know, Granted, they, they want to get away from that, especially with both league, uh, both the uh, staffs coming together uh, in 2000. They wanted much more consistency and they wanted much more of what the true strike zone was. And that's why we started uh, having this system to, to evaluate us. Um, and it did what it's supposed to do. It brought us in back on the plate, you know, on the edges. And it, uh, it, it, it raised that high strike a little bit because we were calling nothing above the belt almost. I mean, just uh, it was really pathetic. And it, and, it, and, it, and it standardized the low pitch at the hollow of the knee uh, better than, than, the, than the old one. Um, and I, it did what it was supposed to do. And, 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 and you know, I think staff-wide, if, if you look at the staff today and you look at the staff in 1999, so much more consistent today. Uh, you know, uh, from top to bottom uh, on the staff than, than, than we were back then. So those things have, have done what they're supposed to do. The ABS now is, is just uh, refining that basically. Um, but, you know, I'm still one of those guys that says, be careful what you ask for. It's going to happen. So I, I, I you know, mm. you can't fight city hall. You can't fight the commissioner's office. Uh, but, um, but I'm not, you know, we'll see. I maybe two, three, four years down the road, Fans will say, we love it. You know, this is great. This is what we want. 
I, I we'll see um, because it, unless it's tweaked or unless somehow uh, that 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 technically that strike is uh, called as you know, but it doesn't look like a strike, and 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 if you know, as long as people are okay with that, if that's what it's going to do, okay, you know that then I guess we'll get used to it. But um, I I still want to see Joe. I still want to see that argument though with the with the machine. You know, when the, when the, when the eye in the sky uh, tells me how to strike three, strike three, you know, and, and, and the hitter, you and know, here uh, comes Bobby Cox and he doesn't like it one bit. Yeah. yeah and, and he's got a hammer cause he wants to hit the machine. Um, you know, Hey, it could be worse. Uh, you know, at least we're not NBA referees. My God, that nebulous world of good Lord dude, almighty. Dude, what is tough, and what isn't tough. That's a that's tough, a tough sport. Game. I mean, I only did it at the high school level. I've got a, a couple of good friends that, that referee the NBA. That is not easy. I think that quite frankly, yeah. that and working the plate are two of the toughest things you can do as an official, because it's just, um, it's, it's just a tough thing to do. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's 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 happening so quickly. I got to get you out of here on, on just one more question, Dale Scott. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sports Talk Chicago. Uh, you know, I think the theme of what we've been talking about for the last you know section of our of our talk together. Um, you know, you keep mentioning the word perfection, and I find that to be so interesting. And and I do feel like that with the internet, social media, society, whatever you want to call it, I I think that there is a really, I don't even know if it's a healthy version of what we think perfection is in a person and when someone isn't perfect other people are very quick to call them out and criticize them so you know i've always just appreciated my time that i've gotten a chance to spend with you you know your story your background not just as a major league umpire but now you know as as an advocate um for living your true self um and for the and for the pride community too as well so you know again i, I did this a little bit for to you before but you know what can you kind of impart to the audience you know, that is either going through a struggle, whether it is identity, sexuality, uh, you know, whatever it is socially in this world where we're trying to look so perfect all the time, be so perfect all the time, say the right thing all the time. And and you are the type of person that walked into the light of your true self. And you said to yourself that you found freedom in it. Um, are there any words of advice you can impart to anyone that maybe is struggling to walk into that light and be brave enough to say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be my true self and it might not be perfect. But damn it, that's me, and I and I, I love myself for it. Well, I I, I can tell you, it, it won't be perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's not supposed um, it to be. be. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've made a lot of strides in the community, and uh, we've also uh, backtracked uh, quite a bit. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's sometimes people in general have a hard time accepting difference. Uh, someone that's different. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, I, it, it's not my norm. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't want it, you know, and, and it must be wrong. It must be, you know, I, I, whatever. Or it's not um, what I would do. It's, you know, it's the internal right. ego. If it's not what I would do, then therefore it cannot be correct. Yeah. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, unfortunately this country is <laughs> very tribal right now and, 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 and those things. But what I can say to people that are maybe struggling to, you know, their own sexuality, uh, struggling with their own, uh, um, you know, gender issues is, 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 you know, I know it's easier said than done, but when you look in the mirror, be true to yourself. Now, when I did that many years ago and society was a lot different when I, I was 19, when I figured out who I really was and I, and I, and I, and I, I, accepted it. I was fine with it, but I also knew 
I'm going to have to have to, like I say in the book, I have to play the game. Um, mm. You know, I may have to lie or uh, be deceitful or deceive or whatever, uh, because uh, society, you know, to, to, to manage this, this obstacle course called life. And, you know, I still think at times you're going to have to do that now, but, but don't lie to yourself, be true to yourself, understand that you're okay. Um, just because someone doesn't necessarily accept you or understand you or, you know, it's like I told my parents, I, I don't expect you to understand this in ways, you know, when I was coming up, I didn't quite understand it either, why I was and my brother wasn't, you know, I, I don't know why, but I do know that's what it is. And I do know that I'm not going to fight something that is me. This is me. Um, and so it, it can be difficult at times. Um, you know, you have allies, you have people that you, you know, hopefully you have allies and people that you can talk to and that you can, you can vent to, and you can share, uh, you know, people need outlets to, to just to, to, you know, if nothing else, an ear for somebody to just listen and, and not judge. Um, but be, you know, look in that mirror and don't say, I'm going to live my life for this person over here, or I'm going to do something because these people, you know, want me to be this way. I'm going to be me now, you know, I may have to be me uh, toned down a little bit here, or I might, might be me, uh, all me here, but in, but I know who I am. I, I, I swore to myself, uh, Joey, when I was 19, when I figured everything out, I said, Dale, I get it now you're gay. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. You're gay. So what are you going to do about it? You know? And, and one thing I vowed that that day was I'm not going to look in the mirror and lie to myself every day, the rest of my life. I'm just not going to do it. And I, and, and I wasn't going to bring in, you know, uh, have a girlfriend or get married or something to, as a cover and bring somebody else innocently that has no idea about me uh, into a situation. Like I just wasn't going to do that, but I also understood I had to play the game and, and, and that type of stuff. So it's, it's not easy. Uh, 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 there's, there's a lot of factors, employment, religion, families, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. But the one thing I just keep telling people when they when I talk to them or they ask me or whatever is don't lie to yourself. Know who you are. And then you can, you know, work this obstacle course of life and 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 and, and make your choices and, and make the moves and talk to the people and whatever you got to do. But don't lie to yourself because I've seen people do that. And down the road, they're, you know they brought other people in they're miserable it's just not it's just not usually a very good outcome yeah and just you know no one no one is ever alone um you know even um those that might feel that that particular loneliness is there's a great chance that there are people out there that care about you and support you and there are people out there that you haven't met yet that probably care about you and support you um and and there's right. ways to do that and reach out and be able to achieve that um the book is called the umpire is out calling the game and living my true self he's and now also uh, joy the audio books out too it came out uh, oh! in February. Um, are you are you narrating yes i narrated it <laughs> how, how is that was that fun uh, that was interesting yeah the uh the uh they booked five days in a nondescript studio in burbank uh right before uh -huh. christmas and uh i thought five days man well, we, you know, uh, we got it done in four. Um, it's a challenge to read, <laughs> even though it's my, I mean, I mean it's, it's, uh, you know, you, 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 it's just different. I've done voiceovers. I've done uh, uh, ads, you know, spots or whatever uh, uh, in, in radio and stuff. Um, but to do a book was a challenge. It was fun. I'm glad I did it. I know one thing, Joy, and mark my words, if I ever do another book 
and it's going to be uh, an audio book also. I am not going to have as many Latin players' names uh, in the book because <laughs> it's one thing to put it on paper. It's another thing to try to, uh, uh, you know, uh, say it uh, correctly uh, <laughs> yeah. on an audio book. So that was that was a learning curve, but uh, it was a lot of fun. But anyway, the audio book is out. All the places you usually get audio books. Uh, if a lot of people wanted audio instead of reading, they just don't have time, you know, so they can listen to it as they're in the car or whatever. So it's out, the book's out, and uh, so far the uh, uh, the reviews and the feedback has been outstanding. Yeah, a wealth of uh, baseball history in that book, amazing stories. Um, it's funny, it's heartfelt uh, from a good man and an inspiring man. Dale Scott, uh, so great to see you here on Sports Talk Chicago. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, be well, can't wait to do it soon and uh, and have a wonderful time. Just remember, you got to get that arm angle right in Tampa next month for Pride Month. You got to uh, get that arm angle. Just listen, right. uh, there for 30 over 30 years, I handed the ball to a catcher uh, to throw the ball. <laughs> so, I mean, this is there's a reason I did that. Uh, and I, I keep proving it every time I get asked to do a, to a first pitch uh, of why why I did it. But uh, uh, and by the way, by the way uh, shout out to Chicago. Love Chicago. Uh, if you if you pulled the major league uh, umpire staff, I bet it's about uh, 95, 96 percent. Chicago's the number one city. Oh, eating good in the neighborhood. Chicago summers. Nothing better. Maybe get the bike out, ride it around the lake, do whatever you want. Right. Uh, well, we're happy. We're happy to welcome you back anytime, Dale. Uh, thank yeah, you so perfect. much for coming on the show, man. Good to see it. You. you got it. This episode of Sports Talk Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Thank you so much for tuning in for this exclusive interview. We'll be back with more. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. See you next time.